Brian from the Franchise Radio Show. Fantastic to have you back again. Uh, delighted to have a very special guest, quite a celebrity today. I'll keep you waiting for a moment. But just to say that uh, remember to have your notebook and your pen nearby, particularly if you do business anywhere in Queensland and probably interstate as well, because information that will probably be helpful for you from time to time. So today's topic is rather a special one. It's the hidden secret of the Queensland Small Business Commissioner's Office. Now, what's that you're saying? Fair question. But let me tell you today, I'm delighted to uh, have available, make time available for us. Dominique Lamb, who's the commissioner, and I was very fortunate to have met her a few months ago and was impressed with what this new really newish organisation does. So it's a great opportunity, I think, to have some questions I've got lined up and uh, we'll see what, what else as well Dominique may have to add. So uh, I might just say that Dominique Lamb is an experienced stakeholder advocate. Previously, she was CEO of the National Retail Association, or the NRA. She's advocating all areas of policy at a federal and state government level. For example, she played an integral role in the development of the Federal Leasing Code, which occurred through that COVID-19 lockdown that none of us want to remember. She was involved with industry organisations, represented landlords and tenants. Pretty messy time, as you may recall. Before this, Dominique was a director of the NRA Legal, providing industrial relations and employment law advice. So she's got a very broad spread background of experience and knowledge she's accumulated. She's been recognised broadly for her outstanding contribution to the industry with multiple awards and uh, and finals nods as well. So what I'd like to do is just say hello to you, Dominique. Lovely to have you here today. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. And so we're going to get right down to a few questions and so forth here. Perhaps you can explain for the people that aren't aware, uh, which I think would be the majority of our listeners at this point, what's the role of the Queensland, Queensland Small Business Commissioner's Office, Dominique? The Queensland Small Business Commissioner's Office was set up in legislation probably about two years ago in May 2020. Um, and my role as the Commissioner is a statutory appointment. So I sit outside of government and I have a team that's seconded to me from the department. Um, and we exist solely to enhance the operating environment for small business across Queensland and to minimise the time and costs associated with disputes. So what that actually means is uh, we have two teams, one of which is our assistance team, which takes calls from across Queensland about you know, any issues small businesses might be having. They might be small debt claims. It could be a dispute with a landlord. And we're able to take them through an alternate dispute resolution process. And then our advocacy team, which works to advocate on behalf of small business into government to help them do better when it comes to small business. And that also includes what we call our small business friendly charter. So we have 45 of the 77 councils across Queensland signed on to become more small business friendly. Um, and they represent about 80% of all small businesses um, across our state. And they work with us on four communities of practice, including procurement, red tape reduction, placemaking and data and analytics to get better outcomes for small business in all of our regions. Well, I don't know anybody listening who won't be clapping their hands and say, come on, Dominic, get rid of that red tape. What can you do? <laughs> Um, yeah, and look, and that's really interesting. We we certainly hear from small business all the time when it comes to 
you know, the red tape that they're facing. And we ask them, you know, when you talk about red tape, what exactly do you mean? And I think, um, you know, for business, it can just be simply the admin of, of business. It can be jumping for the many hoops to get the particular licences you require. It certainly acts across departments and across levels of government between local, state and federal. And we know that for many small businesses, the ATO is certainly one of those, you know, bodies that small businesses talk about red tape all the time. And, and we spend a lot of time uh, certainly agitating the ATO to do better. <laughs> I love that agitating. That sounds lovely. Reminds me of some of the sales spiel for washing machines. So it's a bit the same. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what's the ceiling for small debt claims? You said you help businesses with small debt claims. Is there a, a maximum or a minimum level that you set that you um, will give us maximum assistance or advice? No. So, so look, a small business can come to us provided they have less than 20 employees in the state of Queensland and we will work with the parties to see if we can get a resolution, viral alternate dispute resolution. And that sort of looks like, um, you know, mediation through, between the parties, whether that's formal, whether that's informal, trying to, you know, get the parties to talk to each other and, and come to some type of agreement. If we're unable to do that, then, of course, um, those levels of debt will mean, you know, the next step will change. So, you know, if, if you've got, you know, a smaller debt, it might go to the magistrate's court or QCAT. Alternatively, if it's a larger debt, you know, around a million dollars, you're probably looking at somewhere like the Supreme Court. So we're able to provide you with guidance or steps that you can take if we are unable to assist. But we have about a 71% success rate when it comes to resolving those disputes that we do take on. And that's increasing year on year, which is very, very exciting. And, and certainly from all reports from the, you know, roughly about 3,000 small businesses we've helped you know, they have seen really great benefit in some of that alternate dispute resolution. I can imagine. That's fantastic that you're there at the beginning of their journey because that's where fundamental mistakes are often made and opportunities are missed, of course. So and that's a fantastic 71%. That's impressive. That's impressive, I have to say. So, okay, you're settling into the position. You've been there for, I'm not sure, four or five months, six, six months, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's about right. The key priorities you've got you know, from the point of view of your role as a commissioner, let's say in the next 12 months, for example. Yeah. So look, my role when I commenced, I was I provided a statement of expectation from the minister, the small business minister um, being Di Farmer in Queensland, and then I provided a commissioner's intent as a response to that. And the priorities for us certainly sit under four key pillars, one of which is our assistance. And a lot of that in terms of our assistance team and, and what we want to do there is make, you know, some of those business basics more accessible to business businesses, no matter what industry they're in or what region they're in across Queensland. And so to do that, so that we're not missing anyone, we are producing 30 new materials that will be translated into the top all languages in Queensland. And they will also be dynamically translated so that we can ensure that some of those business basics are available and easily found um, from small businesses. If they want to know things like what's an option, what should I consider when I'm entering a lease, you know, what does make good mean, all of those kinds of things. We also have just put in place for the first time an engagement officer that is there to be proactive and to proactively engage with small business. We have two of them at the moment. One looks after all of our councils across the state and the other looks after most of our industry organisations, our regions and also a group of landlords that we're also working with to get better outcomes for small business and to make sure that we can give them as much sort of support when they are dealing with small business to you know, just basically make sure that there is you know, lots of occupancy rates and we can keep those foot traffic numbers up in 
some of those centres. The other thing that we are focused on this year, of course, is advocacy. And part of that advocacy is informed by three new industry groups that we have created or committees, one of which is uh, industry bodies, which is mapped back to the top 10 industries and small business across Queensland. The other one is a regional committee, and that regional committee is based on the modified Monash model. So looking at the most disadvantaged locations in Queensland, as well as the most advantaged, bringing them together on a regular basis to understand what's happening in their communities so that we can best, you know, get better outcomes for them, whether that's with government, whether that's connecting them with supports, you know, whatever it might mean. And then as I alluded to before, there is a third one, which is landlords. And those landlords are across anything that is commercial property, from shopping centres to industrial areas to office space, to make sure that, again, you know, we can make sure we can connect those small businesses to the supports that they have available. The other thing that we're focused on is data and analytics. And I think that for many small businesses, they either identify as a small business or alternatively as their profession. So when we look at the top 10 sort of small business industries across Queensland, the top four sit in that sort of, you know, professional services, construction, agriculture and rentals type industries. And most of them consider themselves to be a lawyer or a farmer as opposed to a small business. So in order to sort of look at what that looks like, we're creating a number of very regular reports which will provide snapshots for small business based on the top 20 industries across Queensland, bringing all of the public-facing data together, analysing it and providing benchmarking for those industries depending on what's happening with the economy. So we're shortly set to launch our first report. We're just waiting on ministerial sign-off for that and that will look at, you know, what are those profit margin uh, ratios and also what are those employment ratios if depending on the industry that you're in, just to give small business a little bit more specific guidance about where they're located and what their industry is to help them inform what decisions they're making moving forward. And then, of course, you know, the fourth thing for us is awareness. So because we're quite new and because there are about 473,000 small businesses across Queensland, we need to make sure people know that we exist. So part of that is about really engaging with a lot of those industry organisations, with our chambers of commerce, you know, with our councils to make sure that they are saying, hey, if you've got a problem, you know, please call the Small Business Commissioner's Office, they might be able to assist. We want to make sure that kind of access to justice and access to support is there, no matter how small you are, no matter how, you know, whether you're growing, whether you're looking to exit with dignity, you know, we want to be able to provide supports to as many small businesses as possible. Fantastic. That's a great charter you've got there. So, uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm really looking forward to when the uh, the data information you mentioned is released. That's going to be, for someone like myself working in the area of helping businesses grow, that is invaluable information to be able to help us and as a guideline as well to how we're rating compared with others in the area. So uh, that's really, I think, going to be helpful for everyone. Tell me, if someone wants to contact, if someone's got a question, where should they go or where, who should they address it to? Uh, Look, I mean, it's as simple as giving us a call on 1300 312 344 and you will often get to speak to Daniel who takes all of our incoming calls and you can ask him any question you like and it might be I've got this great idea I'm looking for funding it might be I'm having problems with um, you know food manufacturing I'm trying to manufacture cheese and I can't you know kind of jump through the health hoops that I need to get through it might be I've got a little licensing concern you can call through to that number and we will connect you to wherever you need to go alternatively there is a way to file 
a dispute or a, you know an inquiry on our website and that um, you know it sits under the in the Queensland Small Business Commissioner you can simply google it it'll pop up and it'll show you all of the steps and give you some more kind of guidance as to you know where the best place to go or, or what you might need to fill out when it comes to us but our forms are very simple and the idea is that you know it's barrierless you can call you will get a human you're not going to get an answering machine or a robot and then we will connect you to where you need to go I like to verify that, people, because I had an experience recently where I did contact the uh, the commission, and uh, I must say I was quite impressed. I did get Daniel answering the phone, <laughs> and uh, I was put through to one of the team, and whilst they're very busy, they got back to me um, straight away, and then we had a meaningful conversation several days later. So I was quite, I was really impressed with that. So it's quite refreshing for those of you who are thinking it's worth making a call because you've got an issue. I'd say do go ahead and do it because I think it's uh, it's worth raising the matter with with anybody rather than having issues sitting there burning away so you've obviously got plenty on your plate which is a healthy situation I suppose but what do you see particularly after your period in the in the role now what are the challenges and opportunities in Queensland you know for small business and franchises over the next couple of years or so look I think that the challenges aren't dissimilar to the rest of Australia in the sense that when we travel across sort of the regions the top three things we hear is that there's a skill shortage and then if we can get people we can't house them and then the third thing, of course, is cost of living. And when we talk about cost of living for small business in particular, and even for franchise owners, often it involves their houses. So each time there's an interest rate rise, we see a spike in our core volumes. And we know that, you know, cost of living includes anything from insurance to freight to supply. It's cost of labour. It is absolutely everything all at once, whether it's fuel. And we know that's really playing on the minds of our small businesses. And that comes down to things like, you know, what do I do about my prices? How often can I put them up? What should my market margins look like? You know, how do I cut costs without, you know, cutting some of that customer service that makes, you know, that sort of integral part of your brand when you're known for really good customer service or you're known for knowing those customers' names? What does that look like when you're a construction business and you're a tradie or providing a service as opposed to selling a product? And then if you're a small business, you know, how do you negotiate in that space? So, so that's typically what we're hearing at the moment. We are hearing a lot of distress, a lot of burnout from small business owners, finding it really hard hard to work on their businesses instead of in their businesses because of course when they cut costs it's typically them that pick up the work and you know don't get to take time out or you know are sitting up doing their tax amongst other things and that's the other thing we are hearing a lot about as well this you know the tax component tax debt you know looking at you know how do you turn into a payment plan just you know what do you do if you find yourself in a position where you borrowed from an unscrupulous lender for instance because you're in a regional town and you can't see a bank you know all of these things are, are sort of what we're hearing and when we look at sort of our hotline at the moment primarily the complaints are coming from discretionary categories anyone from hairdressers to accommodation to retailers and hospitality are probably our top four types of businesses that we're hearing from at this point and we've just started to see construction pop into that now interestingly in Queensland there is actually another regulator that deals with construction so for us to have you know people in construction starting to identify as small businesses and understanding that we have value to offer when providing them support is is actually a really, really good sign for us, despite the fact that we are seeing, you know, very, very much high levels of distress in some of those calls. So a lot more calls around, I'm about to lose my house, you know, I'm going to go bankrupt, um, I'm living in my car, a lot more of those big impacts, you know, starting to come through on that hotline. 
Yeah, it's a dreadful scenario, and I think we're probably seeing the worst of it at the moment. Having been through, I think this is my seventh recession or major downturn, I'm very familiar with the fact there is a cycle, and uh, not unlike we see sometimes in the housing market, which is running a bit contra to expectation at the moment, and in the share market. So uh, I guess the QSBCC, you you see really, the, I suppose, the distressed end of the marketplace. I'm I'm fortunate that I see the, the more positive side, whether people get out and expanding their businesses and taking the opportunity to reconstruct and re-IT, if you like, their models. So I suppose you haven't been going long enough to be able to really gauge a comparison with the past, but uh, what's your sense of things at the moment, Dominique? That's not a fair question, but I'll put it to you anyway. Look, I think that, you know, and look, and most of the survey data that we're seeing is certainly coming out of the chambers and, and even from the banks is, is probably what we're seeing. And that is, you know, despite the fact that there is a lot of work and there's a lot of demand out there, there is a divergence between business confidence and the sheer volume. And that's because businesses are under pressure, you know, whether that's because they can't get staff or whether that's because, you know, it's so hard to continue to afford supply in order to get the job done. Or if it's just, you know, long-term tax debt or deferred rents that they're trying to pay off, the pressure and the stresses are certainly there for business. And you're right. I mean, I think people are diversifying their models and doing their utmost to weather this storm, because, you know, we know, as you say, it is cycling. But I think you just only have to look at probably some of those insolvency trends. I mean, Credit Watch has just come out with some data that shows that the top 10 locations for insolvency, six of them are in New South Wales and four of them are on the Gold Coast here. And it identifies, you know, where there are high labour costs in construction and hospitality. And we know that in many of these locations is also product camping. There's too many of one type of business. And so we are seeing more and more inquiries about exiting with dignity or alternatively, you know, pivoting or splitting off a business or selling half their business and then only looking after one. But, you know, for us, I think small businesses are telling us that they're looking for, you know, just an easier way. I think when it comes to staff at the moment, because it's so hard and because there is a real push in terms of competitive salaries and entitlements that, you know, the ROI on training somebody, you know, for a period of six months and then having them poached is is becoming harder and harder for small businesses to take. And so we are seeing, I think, those pressures across the board really playing out um, and small business owners are, are making varied decisions about how they deal with that. Some are investing in training to keep them, some just roll with it and continue to hire. But more often than not, we are seeing, you know, the shrinking of businesses to sort of weather this particular storm with an intention to grow probably in the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah, it's a very, very difficult one. And uh, we know, you know, the downturns like this, this sort of thing happens. I look at it a bit rather, it's sort of almost evolutionary. It's the Charles Darwin principle, you know. There is inevitably, you get a surplus of businesses in the marketplace, along comes a storm. And unfortunately, you know, the, the poor crop, if you like, get trimmed. And we end up with a healthier, more robust sector, but it's painful. And uh, I must say, you mentioned about staff retention. And I'm finding at the moment when I'm talking to people about franchising their business, so franchisors, uh, generally more established, but often fairly new ones and larger ones, staff retention has been their biggest problem. But for people, for a lot of them, they're saying, I want to franchise my business, so I'm not dependent on my staff retention. I've got people who've got an investment and therefore are up 
are committed to the business. Um, so I just thought I'd get a line in there, Dominic. So that was me just giving a point of view of what's happening in the franchise space that I see at the moment. But it's certainly nothing like it was three or four years ago. Uh, there's no question about that. But uh, No, and I think there's no doubt that in that franchise space, there's a lot of pressure there. I mean, you know, obviously we saw the introduction of the Vulnerable Workers Bill at some point mm. um, in time and, and that applied pressure to your master franchisors. Um, you know, we've seen a lot more regulation whether it be local, state or federal being implemented. And we've weathered COVID, which is, you know, really, really significant, especially when you look at that franchise space, which, you know, when you look at banner groups and, and other various different types of franchise, it really does cut across some of those key discretionary categories, whether it be tourism, whether it be retail, whether it be hospitality and cafes. And, you know, let's be clear, many of them were forced to shut for significant periods of time, especially if they were in states unlike Queensland, which were unable to trade in some instances for the longest period throughout the world. So we are still weathering that. And I think that, you know, when there are big events like this one, it, it does take at least four years for economies to recover. And we are still very much in that recovery period. You're quite right. That's a three or four year cycle. There's no question about it. There's not. There's no alternative. It's just the, the way things go. I, I am concerned, no doubt, like you and your department there, that the amount of red tape now is actually slowing some of this recovery down and people are throwing their hands up and saying, I'm over it, you know, particularly very small businesses. In some cases, people like small traders and those sorts of things with, you know, just employing three or four people, which, which is, the, you know, the, the core really of a lot of business and construction, particularly in Australia. Failure, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. And when we look at the Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman report, Small Business Matters, which was released a couple of weeks ago, I mean, it identifies that there are 2.5 million small businesses across Australia. They contribute $5.1 billion to the economy, which is about a third of GDP. 62% of them are sole traders and 45% of them are unprofitable. 75% make less than the average wage, being about $90,000. Only 35% of them are owned by women and the majority of them are uh, men over the age of 50 operating a business as a sole trader. So I think it's really important to understand just what small business contribute. They employ 42% of our apprentices as well. And it's very tough if you consider being on your own or being the person that looks after the employment of, say, you know, under five people, you're responsible for their livelihoods on your own. And I think that's a, that's a lot of pressure. And, you know, we have seen governments like Queensland implement supports around mental health, but I think those mental health and burnout challenges for small business continue to be something that you know is still playing out um, and is still very tough out there. Yeah, as a lifelong business owner, I must say I'm really concerned for the future with these smaller businesses, as you mentioned, albeit they're sole traders or as they should indeed be, at least a small private company, is people taking the initiative because, yeah, if we're looking at that average age of people in small businesses, that's a serious problem to replace them because uh, we're going to end up with increased demand with our growing population and less resources to be able to meet that demand. So that, that is a worry, isn't it? I think it's definitely a worry. And, I, you know, and I think when we look at the number of young people that are getting into business, you know, what's really clear is the fact that, you know, they're not. They're just simply not. And I think given how much our small businesses contribute, given how many people they employ, it's absolutely crucial that, you know, we have a steady stream of small business people getting in, you know, innovating, doing the things that small businesses do best because they're agile. And I think all of these restrictions that sometimes we place on them as governments makes things very hard. 
It does. So you've always, I would imagine you've got a broadening sort of canvas that you're handling as you delve deeper and learn more and meet more people, uh, Dominique. That must be a challenge for you. So as you look forward, you know, what sort of initiatives, if this isn't an unfair question, are you sort of focused mainly on delivering, you know, in the near future to assist small business? Yeah. Look, certainly we um, we think that there is absolutely a real need for, you know, financial literacy and support generally around that. And, and right now, the Queensland government offers this incredible program around financial counsellors, which is, is free. You know, you can call up, you can get in touch and they can give you up to $5,000 to help you, you know, get whatever advice you need to sort of get moving again. And same with wellness coaches. And I think that program is excellent. But I think what we're seeing is that, you know, small business owners are, are not necessarily necessarily being set up for success and when we we've been talking to people like the Griffith Tax Clinic that tell us that you know if a small business has something as simple as myable zero in their business they're 80% less likely to be insolvent so what we would like to see is obviously more government supports and information and just guidance around that financial literacy component whether that is tax literacy whether that is as basic as understanding a balance sheet but getting those basics right at whatever stage it is so that we are setting our small businesses up as um, you know different types of sort of software in the market that are able to do that, that are targeted particularly industrial, that we are trying to take some of this um, stress away from our small business owners. And so that's certainly something that we are, are very much focused on. There is a rise of a lot of new disruptive sort of technologies coming, whether it's ChatGPT or, you know, changes to the Privacy Act, amongst other things. And so we will look to run education pieces for small business owners around things like that to make sure that, you know, they get the benefits out of some of this technology, but, you know, they don't fall into the traps. And I think cyber um, crime is one one of those things. I mean, right now we know that Queensland in particular has the highest prevalence of um, cyber crime and attacks on small business and roughly it costs small business about $54,000 per attack. And that's something that we really need to address. And of course, you know, we welcomed the federal government's investment in that with cyber wardens, but the Queensland government's also made its own investment recently in its budget. And so that's something that we'll work closely with them about because, you know, we have an Olympics coming. So of course we need to prepare the state when it comes to cyber as well because you know we know that it's something that continues to play out there's so many things you know whether it's digital literacy you know we hear in our regions about problems with connectivity we hear about you know not having some of those basics around you know drop-ins or websites or, or whatever it might be so we'll you know certainly move to work towards that as well and for us you know it'll be about very much working with all levels of government we do a lot of advocacy with the other small business commissioners and with the federal ombudsman on these matters especially when it comes to the ATO and dealing with some of those big regulators and it's really just about making sure that our small businesses not only get a fair go but that their interactions are made easier as well. It's a challenge. I'm like many business people in favour of smaller government, but it's very difficult when you get these increasing challenges and the, the new issues to address, the new legislation to uh, you know to handle and so forth. It becomes quite difficult. So I can see why you've got a lot on your hands. What's the size of your team you have there at the moment, Dominique? Yeah, look, our team's not particularly large. You know, we've got 15 people here. Um, we sort of go up and down depending on what projects are happening at the time. But, you know, we definitely box above our weight, you know, and they, they do an incredible job, especially when it comes to the dispute resolution service that they offer. Right. So just thank you for that. I've learned so much and I hope our, our listeners have as well. Um, but just to wrap up, have you got any final thoughts of anything you'd like to add, what you've had to say on our conversation up to now? 
Look, I think I just say to, you know, anyone. Oh, you dropped out there. Oh, did I? Oh, no, good. Okay, yeah. I'll just yeah, when you said, start again. I'll just, I'll just say that anyone, when I mentioned about any final words, it just it just stopped dead. Yeah. And we just came back in just now. So if oh. you rerun that, we'll just do a little bit of tidying up afterwards. Sure. I would just say that for anyone that's listening, if you are looking for support or you have a great idea or you're just wondering what's out there, give us a call, give Business Queensland a call and ask the question because often government support when it comes to grants only makes up about 30% of what's available. And there are a number of different avenues that you can find more information like Grant Guru to look at what else there is. And often there are lots of different supports for small business. And also just make sure you're getting out there, talking to each other, relying on your networks, you know, don't suffer alone because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we want to see more small businesses doing better and we know that they do better collectively. So, you know, make some friends, chat to advisors and, you know, just make sure that you are looking after yourself. I think that's a great point. It's something we all tend to, particularly us blokes, tend to, uh, we're a bit too strong for this, you know. <laughs> um, but I think it's something we all need to be conscious of. Yes, yeah, so mixing more generally, not just with people in your own sector, but but around, especially about business and so on. So Dominic, it's been delightful having you along. Really thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you and certainly indebted for giving us so much of your time. I'm sure everyone will join me saying uh, it's been a privilege getting to know you better, hearing your words of wisdom. And um, might say, just to repeat, if anyone would like to learn more about the, the Queensland Small Business Commission, then they go to the website. And I think you met, could you just repeat that 1300 number you mentioned, Dominic? Yeah, 1300-312-344. There we are. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much again, Dominic. Been delighting, been delightful talking to you. And I, I will look, I will, I will watch your progress and so forth with ke- the keenest of interest. So uh, catch you up again some of the time, perhaps. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.